soy, the final frontier. I'm Comrade Britt. And I'm Commodore Pat. These are the voyages of the starship USS Spock is dead, dead, dead. Our ongoing mission. To explore new Trek movies. To seek out old Trek, both cringe and based. And to boldly go... To the Franklin to go warp four. Soy Trek the podcast is here. One half vegan, one half queer. A hundred percent communist. Unless we have a blessed leftist guest, Patrick and Britain talking, joking, farting, and Star Trek, like our buttholes, the show is wrecked. Soy Trek, the podcast is here, so listen to Soy Trek right in your ears. Welcome. Welcome oh. to the bridge. Man. Good to be Are we doing NPR voices? I guess we are now. Yeah, we're doing we're on We're on video now, so this is the Tiny Desk Star Trek concert. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna have to learn how to make music right now, buddy. Uh, like that on me. Oh, I don't <laughs> have a slide whistle. I like, oh, yeah, you don't have your slide. <laughs> I like. I like. This is your attempt at music is moving your hands up and down a little bit. It's pretty good. You're like playing the bongos, yeah, kind of, I'm but not the at all. Ones. Yeah, it's you know you're almost on rhythm. Yeah. I think <laughs> almost. It's yeah. a good start. Didn't actually want to strike the desk and possibly ruin something so that's true this this uh, <laughs> camera here is on the precipice of it's destruction on, that's on the precipice oh. the laptop oh this is a this is a this is a tablet it's fine uh, tablet. It's, it's not gonna break or oh, okay it, this one's pretty sturdy <laughs> but the camera i would be worried about yes <laughs> yeah we'll have to look into that problem uh anyway uh you did you know we have ads yeah yeah as you may have noticed don't want ads well soldiers for as little as two dollars a month you can subscribe to our patreon at patreon.com slash dumb idiot bs and not only get ad free episodes but you also get them in high quality stereo and you get them the moment i'm done making them you also get access to a private patrons discord channel Okay. Also, if you're super cool and pay us $5 a month or more, we mention your name and say th- th- thank you to people just like Dylan Lancey and Killia Jonah Hearn, Shane Sawyer, Jordan Hale, Electric Baphomet, Emma Glavish, Nick Savard, David Craning Sites, Cappies, and PJ Hale, all of whom are cool as hell. And you should give them a D20 dice. Oh, like shit. Like from, you know, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I have a ton of those. Yeah, what for? Uh, you play D&D? Yeah, D&D. You know, you can also use them in Magic the Gathering. You can also use them for sex. Oh, yeah. You can use them for sex stuff. <laughs> you can do sex stuff with them. Yeah, that's true. You can do that. Yeah, you could, you know, make a chart and be like, they could be like sex dice, but you could make like 20 different things. Pop them up your butthole. See how many dice you can kit fit in your ass. Yeah, and pop Don't. them up. Pop, you know, make a do, do a, like a cam show, yeah. popping them out your butthole. It's like, uh-oh, I had 30 in there and only 29 came out. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> you should have put 20. You should have put a D20 in there. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, you you, uh, you, uh, you rolled a one on that one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now it's going to be in forever in my body. There's worse things to have in your body. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you're like a living dungeon and or dragon now. <laughs> That's pretty cool, huh? Oh, yeah. Kind of giving birth to it. Yeah, I'm going to guess eventually one day you might give birth to it. Yeah, hopefully. 
Yeah. Or it's just gonna like, or eventually just like become part of my body. Just like, oh yeah, just like kind of like you know when you when trees grow grow around things like right right like, like you become the D twenty or start to slowly come out of my skin. Oh, that'd be that'd be pretty cool too. <laughs> It'd be very like David Cronenberg, but on, on a very small scale. Like if David Cronenberg only had a very small budget for a film, he'd mm. be like, let's have a dice coming through the skin. I cut it out and it rolls and just a one. And like, yeah, I, guess, I guess I did. Bosh. Snake eyes again. <laughs> Snake eyes. <laughs> Starring Nicholas Cage. Great film. Uh, anyway, so uh, also if you give $10 a month or more, you get access to my Plex server, The Media Dungeon, which has about 15,000 films and over... No, about 700 shows. Once again, that's patreon.com slash dumbidiotbs. That's dumbidiotbs, which stands for bullshit, but also stands for boofing sandwiches, mm. which is not a coincidence. I'd boof a sandwich. Yeah? I mean, I guess when you like, you know, like groundhog, when you are when you really need to take a poop mm. and you ate a sandwich before and you're trying to poop out a sandwich, but you can't take a poop at that moment, <laughs> that's kind of like boofing a sandwich, isn't it? I guess so. Wouldn't it just be like putting sandwiches up your asshole and, and eating them that way? I mean, I mean, I guess, but you wouldn't really absorb anything. Unless you parade it and maybe just like put a funnel and then funnel the sandwiches <laughs> into your bubble. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, you might absorb something. Now I see what you're talking about. Um, yeah, yeah. If you like Vitamixed and yeah, did a, yeah. gave yourself an oil change. If you've boofed sandwiches before, hit us up at sillytrick.com or on the Discord. Yeah, please do. <laughs> please do. We'd be very interested to hear this tale. Yeah. Let me know if it's story. worth it. Indeed, definitely. <laughs> uh, speaking of worth it, uh, what what we what we get into this week, there, Pat? We watched Star Trek Beyond. We certainly did watch Star Trek Beyond. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, was uh, do you, you think that's a good idea? Was, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. So, yeah, okay with it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, this film, Star Trek Beyond, was released on uh, July twenty second, twenty sixteen. So that was, uh, gosh, seven years ago now. Yeah, that's like, wild. Yeah, I know, right? It feels like it was kind of nearer, but at the same time, it does feel pretty. Everything before the pandemic feels very far away. At this I, I know I didn't watch it when it came out in theaters initially. Cause really, I, I, I saw it in theaters. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I only saw it until semi recently. Mm -hmm. Like. Um, I think uh, a couple years ago is when I finally decided to watch it because I didn't like Star Trek in the Darkness. I hated it. Yeah. And so, and um, the trailer had uh, that Beastie Boys song in it. Sabotage. Yeah, which was, you know, obviously featured very predominantly in the movie itself. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, nope, not going to see it. Yeah. And, and I got to mention, like, straight up front, the use of, of the Beastie Boys in this movie terrible. It's ter I absolutely terrible. Hate it. It's the cringiest move, move in, like, all of the Star Trek movies, in my mm. opinion. It is like a moment where I went, I, I audibly groaned every time I watched it. And I watched it three times. Especially when he's like, good choice. Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, let's make some noise. Good <laughs> choice. I'm like, Gah. I was, I was that looking was at the gun the, drawer that at that point. That was definitely the cringiest moment of the Yeah, movie. I was, I was, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but otherwise... I like this movie. Otherwise, it's a pretty competent movie. It feels like, I don't know, it feels like a good Star Wars show yeah, in a way. It's definitely like an action film. It is, 100%. Like, there is no, there's no good, there's no real sci-fi element to it, except for the fact there's that... There's some techno babble that's not bad. Yeah, I mean, it does feature one of the things I really love, which are um, um, space cities. Like space cities rule. Yeah. yeah. So, so we'll talk about the Yorktown, but let's uh, talk about just a few things here first. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
this is the 13th of 13 Star Trek films released mm. in total. So this is, I mean, we're going to get 14 though, maybe with the Section 31 film. I don't know uh, what's happening with that in the WGA strike. I do hope it's canceled due to the, and I don't mean ill on any of the writers for that show or anything. I, I wish them all the success. I just don't think a Section 31 show needs to be made. And I mm. think they're probably going to mishandle it and do it in a way that uh, Section 31 still remains like integral part of Especially Starfleet. Especially as a movie. Yeah, exactly. Like, like it, it's like now part of these uh, whole line lineage of movies, and it's just like it's about Section Thirty One, which a lot of like you know it, it. This is this feels like something that's dedicated. That's more for like fans. It's also mm-hmm. doesn't seem like they have much, lots of crossover appeal because like m- m- the average person doesn't know about um, Section Thirty One. Mm-hmm. They'd be completely confused, and they'd be like, "Okay, wait, is this in the Star Trek universe?" Because it's like, because <laughs> it doesn't seem like it does. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a, a, a last ride for Georgiou because they didn't really actually end her story, and no. Michelle Yeoh is such a hot property now that obviously they can't make a show with her because yeah. they were originally planning a Section Thirty One show, and they're like, "No, we're just doing a movie." So they're probably paying her the same amount for like a ten episode show that they are for the movie yeah because like because her star has risen so much and she got a fucking oscar and yeah like, they're probably like oh well we still have you under contract and she's like i'll do a two-hour movie <laughs> yeah and it's like all right all right we'll do that yeah i don't know yeah it feels more of like um not an actual film but more of like a star trek event it does which is is fine with me i guess it's just like the whole section 31 thing yeah i just i don't think Alex Kurtzman is going to finally pull like a leftist rabbit out of his hat and be like, (laughs) just kidding. It was a great commentary on how we need to destroy the CIA the entire time. (laughs) And I would be like, no. It's it's going to justify why we need Section 31. Right, right. Like why Section 31 is like uh, a necessary evil like Garrick. I'm fine with Garrick because Garrick is a Cardassian with like only allegiance to himself. Yeah, he's not part of the Federation. Exactly. Whereas like Section 31 is like people who came up through Starfleet Academy and somehow didn't learn to imbue the ideals of Starfleet (laughs) at all. And in fact, like go against them. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. It's fucked up. Anyway, so uh, this movie was uh, written by two brand new writers to Star Trek. Didn't write any Star Trek properties before. We got Doug Jung, who I'm pretty sure wrote the bones of the script. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not the bones, McCoy, but like the, you know, the structure of the script and the basic story. He also makes a cameo in the movie. I did not know that. He's he's um, um, Sulu's husband. Oh, Ben. Yep. Mm -hmm. Ben Sulu. Thank you very much. That's his name. Ben Sulu. Mr... Mr. Karusulu Ben mm. is what we call him down at the bathhouse <laughs> while his husband's on an away mission. We're going. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yes. You know what I'm talking about. We were talking about yeah, a bathhouse I mean, before it mean, this. Means, is... means Sulu was on a deep space mission. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so his husband had to go on a, he gets a deep he gets ass mission. He gets a babysitter for Demora and be like, I'll be back soon, honey. Yeah, is back like three days later and he, he can't <laughs> walk anymore. He's like in a wheelchair for a week. It's just, de- I just don't want to stand, honey, it hurts. He's all dehydrated from coming too much. He's <laughs> <laughs> just drinking Pedialyte in a wheelchair for the next week and staring into the middle distance like, the, the things I've seen, you would not believe. <laughs> so, uh, so Doug Jung, who wrote mostly for TV before this, hmm. um, especially for the series Big Love. And then he wrote the Cloverfield Paradox after this. 
So he actually mm. doesn't really have that much of a resume. And I was I was surprised they gave this to him, but maybe he was like friends with Peg or something, or he submitted a really good script. I don't know. But uh, the I other think I saw Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah, it was the one in space. I saw it, but I don't remember it. Oh, I remember it was wait, not being good. Yeah, I didn't see that one. Yeah. I saw I saw the. 10 Cloverfield Lane one. Yeah, 10 Cloverfield Lane was awesome. Oh, with, yeah. with John Goodman? Yeah, Fucking yeah John kills. Goodman never goes for bad. Oh, no, no. he's He always rocks. Um, so we got Doug Jung in the writing team, and also Simon Pegg, who is, mm-hmm. of course, uh, Scotty in this film. And he's been in the two previous films. Obviously a Trekkie. Um, yeah, he, he can, uh, you can tell like some lines he wrote because like there's some lines that he, uh, like, I don't know if you ever watched Spaced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Absolutely. Uh, he uses yep. some lines from space. Like, yeah. skip to the end. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they do that in this. And mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, yeah. So you imbued some of that in there. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's fun. And then, um, so in the director's chair this time, we got a brand new director of the series. J.J. Abrams did the past two. Uh, this one was done by a fellow named Justin Lin, yeah. who you probably best know is the director of the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Hells yeah. But also a Fast and the Furious 4, 5, 6, 9. Uh, he also directed three episodes of Community and a couple episodes of True Detective. Oh, cool. The first season. So. Oh, first season was the best one. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, he's uh, he's got a pretty pretty good resume there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, you want to get into it? Let's do it. In early 2263 on the planet T-Nax... <laughs> Captain James T. Kirk is negotiating a treaty between the Tinaxi delegation in the Fibonian Republic, who are longtime enemies. Uh, the Tinaxi are this kind of like dog like ish, kind of like gremlin ish. Uh, yeah, they look, they look like pugs. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, like completely CGI motion captured. Um, and they look kind of like really mean and evil, maybe, maybe malevolent, maybe real violent. And they see, appear to be very huge. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kirk presents a piece of an ancient weapon uh, from given from the Fibonians as a gesture of goodwill. But the Tanaxian leader asks what's wrong with it, mm-hmm. uh, assuming that the Fibonians are somehow deceiving them, which is a good call, seeing as how they're called the Fib. Onions, mm. which is a racist ass name. Let me, <laughs> let me tell you, like if you called like white people like Colononians or something like that, or Yakubian yeah, snow apes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, people might get up in arms. Yeah. So I'm afraid of posting this to YouTube. <laughs> um, so, um, this sounds. Uh, now, so uh, the leader asks where this thing comes from, and Kirk says that the Fibonians acquired it a long time ago, and the Tanaxians accuse the Fibonians of stealing the artifact, which honestly, yeah. Yeah, if, if you say, like, my culture acquired this, it was usually stolen or, like, you killed someone and took it, which yeah, is just like stealing. The, the British, the British, British Museum have, yeah, have acquired yeah. a lot of... I actually have that written right there. <laughs> yeah. British, British Museum shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the Tanaxian leader, uh, enraged, jumps from his platform down to attack Kirk. But when he gets to him, it turns out the Tanaxians are quite teeny Mm-hmm. Axians, just little guys. They're just little guys out here being, being little small, small buddies. Yeah, and um, I don't wonder how that perspective worked though, because it, because Kirk looking up at them assumed that they were very, very huge. So yeah. how did they achieve that perspective? I mean, it was because the camera was really close to them. Yeah, but it, like also seemed like Kirk assumed they were very huge as well. Yeah, well, 
Man. Kirk assumes everything, <laughs> which is why he's always sorely disappointed. Yes. <laughs> Can't be a size queen like that, buddy. Mm-mm. You got to have a test. Yeah. Got to have a test to see if they hang and dong. <laughs> What's your test, Pat? To see if they hang and dong. See if they hang and dong. Yeah. Uh, just whip something very hard at, the, at their dick. Yeah, that's assault, brother. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you should do that. Use my poking stick. <laughs> yeah, your divining rod. Divining rod. Oh, it's urine. <laughs> you got some urine or some cum in your balls, maybe. Yeah, you gotta see, gotta see where the drip is on their on their calico cut pants. <laughs> see if it's see after they use the after they take a piss. Mm-hmm. You see, gotta, look, gotta look at where that drip is. <laughs> look at that drip, baby. <laughs> Um, so the, I kind of hated how this, how goofy this opening was. To it be was honest. pretty goofy. It was really goofy and it set a, a weird goofy tone for the rest of the film. And the tone is generally pretty silly mm-hmm. for the, for the whole film. Like yeah. it's, uh, it's something that I'll, I'll say, I feel like the film is perhaps too punched up. Like it feels like someone wrote the script and then someone came in and inserted jokes into every single scene. Mm-hmm. And so it's very much like you have two voices like, and, and so I, I have theories about like how they wrote the script and stuff. Cause I don't think Simon Pegg wrote an initial draft. I think mm-hmm. they brought him in later and, uh, punched it up. Yeah, exactly. To punch it up. And also probably to also at this point, like, you know, Marvel movies were in full, are in full swing. And so, like, Marvel's has, has started to, like, really, like, influence how a lot of big movies are made. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, well, <clears throat> we can't, we need that, we need that ironic joke every, every and, so often. But also, look at Fast and the Furious. Yeah. It's, it's written a lot like one of those, too. Mm. So, you know, there was, there's probably a lot going on. Oh, yeah. Not not enough car racing though in this. We do that, have some motorcycles. That's true. There's a lot of action though. It's very it's very action packed. I think there's a lot of good um, um, action sequences. I think. Like, yeah, absolutely. As for action sequences go, like mm-hmm. there's some really memorable action scenes. Yeah, thankfully it's not like a bunch of like really shaky camera fighting. Yeah, like mm-hmm. there's some shaky camera stuff, but it's usually like peril and like mm-hmm. distress. A few things that don't really make sense that I'll talk about, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll get into it. So. Um, the rest of the Tanaxians join their leader and attack Kirk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirk flips out his open communicator and urgently asks uh, Scotty that he be beamed back up. He is eventually evacuated to the USS Enterprise, accidentally taking two Tanaxians with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirk notes that he ripped his shirt again, which is probably <laughs> like a callback to one of the previous films where he ripped his shirt, or yeah, maybe he, he the episode where he... Yeah, rips his, rips his shirt and oh, has yeah. titties pour out. Love that. <laughs> yeah, we didn't... I mean, we got to see Chris Pine titties in this movie, but not in that way. No, no, no. Yeah, I'd like to see Chris Pine titties in that way. <laughs> um, so, walking down a corridor of the Enterprise in his torn uniform, Kirk is followed by Spock and old Bonesy McCoy. Old Bones. Old Bones. Uh, Spock asks how the mission went, and Kirk isn't too thrilled. Uh, Kirk asks Spock to log the artifact that he was going to gift but didn't get a chance to because they thought it was deception into the ship's archive vault. Jim, you look like crap, (laughs) Bones says. Uh, Kirk sarcastically thanks the doctor. Uh, Then McCoy says that he has a big uh, big vein bulging out of his forehead and asks if he's okay. And Kirk replies, never better, just another day in the fleet. Yeah, yeah, it does seem like Chris Pine suffered like a twink death 
between the last film and this one. It, he, does, it is, he does seem to be have like a little bit more ruggedness to his I, face. I'm totally cool with his twink death. And also, yeah. he wasn't ever really a twink. He was definitely more of a hunk, for sure. Yeah, twunk. Nah, more of a hunk, for yeah. sure. Like, I mean, not not really skinny enough to... Oh, uh, yeah. I feel like um, Zachary Quinto is, is twunk. Yeah. Uh, pine, pine, little beefy boy, little got that corn fed owl boy. <laughs> but he definitely like he definitely has a little bit more features to his face. He's not mm-hmm. like all smooth. True, true. He, uh, yeah, he's aged very gracefully. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. He looks, he looks interesting for his age. Oh yeah, yeah. In a good way. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's aged pretty well. Like, like mm-hmm. you know, I just saw like the Dungeon Dragons movie, and that was really excellent. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you know, he, he carries it well. <laughs> Has, has sort of that, you know, that sort of energy that he has in sort of these films, a little bit but more yeah. bunched up, though. Yeah, the, the, the machismo, the charisma. Yes. Uh, next, we get a ha- captain's log, where we get shots of Kirk getting ready for his day, very shirtless and hot, and then <laughs> uh, wandering the halls in the bridge. We also get a, spo- a shot of Spock re-entering the piece of weapon offered by the Fabonians to the Tanaxians into the material archive on the Enterprise. Captain's Log goes a little something like this. This is a long one. Buckle up. Oh, shit. Captain's Log, Stardate 2263.2. Today is our 966th day in the deep space, a little under three years into our five-year mission. The more time we spend out here, the harder it is to tell where one day ends and the next one begins. It can be a challenge to feel grounded when even gravity is artificial, but, well... We do what we can to make it feel like home. The crew, as always, continues to act admirably despite the rigors of our extended stay here in outer space and the personal sacrifices they have all made. We continue to search for new life forms in order to establish firm diplomatic ties. Excuse me. Our extended time in uncharted territory has stretched the ship's mechanical capacities, but fortunately our engineering department, led by Mr. Scott, is more than up to the job. The ship aside, prolonged cohabitation has definitely had effects on the interpersonal dynamics. And at this point, it shows like some uh, like guys looking at girls and girls looking at guys. No gay shit, though. No gay shit. Can't have gay stuff unless they're married. We have gay stuff later. They're married. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's no, there's no just like random butt fucking going on in the. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying is that's what J.J. Abrams, as producer of this film, made sure we didn't have, and mm-hmm. I'm not okay with that. Yeah, we only see two couples really. Yeah, we only. Yeah, that's that's true. And uh, one of them's gay, and they give them twelve seconds. But if you actually look at the actual footage, it's more like seven. Mm. Yeah. Pretty pretty cool. And then the people making out on the on the ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you count Spock and Uhura, I don't know. But they yeah, I don't. Do they get back together at the end? Kinda. I don't know. And they, they, there's a suggestion that yeah, they're probably gonna get back. Uh, yeah, yeah. You yeah, probably, you probably, you probably gonna hit it. You probably <laughs> gonna taste it again. She wanna taste like. Oh, you taste like human girl. That's that pretty good. That's pretty good. Damn. I miss that taste. <laughs> I don't want to repopulate Vulcan anymore. Tastes bad. <laughs> So uh, I don't know why they just don't do like like sperm donation. Um, why don't they do sperm donation? Yeah, I mean, like you know, if, you know, that way he can have his cake and eat it too. Yeah, because that's not how Vulcans work. They don't understand that. Uh, okay, they're stupid. Mm. Yeah, they gotta have no, no. It's it's just a, it's ruled by a patriarchy. So they're like, no, we have to raw dog every time. <laughs> 
You don't. You don't see. It's it's part of the way of logic. Mm. It's illogical to come in a cup and then put <laughs> it inside a woman when you can take out the middle man, so to speak, and put it directly in a pushy. Yeah, or just like in a turkey baster or something. Don't do that. <laughs> you got to do it with your with your hard, rock hard penis. I feel that'd be like the main thing because there's only ten thousand of them left, or uh-huh. not ninety nine, <laughs> or nine thousand nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, did, were they counting the guy who's not from their universe? Does he even have the right kind of sperm anymore? Uh, maybe not. Yeah, right. He could have like a different hybrid type of weird sperm. See, that that's just, the thing. Like, yeah, I mean, like they need that's having two Spocks means is great because that means like old Spock could do all the fucking like all the breeding uh-huh. and like making making more babies, and then like um, this Kelvin Spock can like just go and have sex with his hot girlfriend. Is that what you thought about when reviewing this one? Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> good thing to think about. Yeah. Um, so the captain's law continues. Some experiences for the better, some experiences for the worse. As for me, things have started to feel a little episodic. The farther out we go, the more I find myself wondering what it is we're trying to accomplish. If the universe is truly endless, then are we not striving for something forever out of reach? Mm, great question. Uh, the Enterprise is scheduled for a reprovisioning stop at Yorktown, the Federation's newest and most advanced star base. Perhaps a break from routine will offer some respite from the mysteries of the unknown. Uh, so, although I usually hate a really long expositional and form of a captain's log, this is actually really well done. Yeah. I like this. This is a this is pretty pretty competent film. Yeah, I did a lot of um, yeah all the like little like. Uh, like slice of life scenes they were doing during mm-hmm. it was nice. You know, caught a real edit up. I do like how like you know that was definitely a Simon Pegg. Yeah, um, totally, uh, totally. Thing where you know he's just like our engineering team led by yeah, <laughs> Scott yeah. Montgomery Scott is doing great. It's yeah. like, mm. mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's cool though. We'd love yeah. to see it. So next, um, Bones McCoy walks into a room, and Kirk is drinking alone on his birthday, which is not a good place to be. I've been there before, <laughs> and let me tell you, Kirk, you need to get some help, buddy. Yeah. You know, he likes a little solitude. Yeah, I like a little solitude, too, but drinking alone, getting drunk alone on your birthday. And the bar that he's in kind of looks a lot like 10 Forward. It does look a little bit like like the back section, like the back corner of 10 mm, Forward or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I mean, but any place with space windows is eventually going to look like 10 Forward. Yeah. Anybody of a certain age. Old. <laughs> uh, so, um, the... Kirk's birthday, obviously the day that his dad died, as mm-hmm. explained in the first film. So he's he's getting drunk on himself. He asks what uh, Bones asks what Kirk is drinking, and he says he thinks it's Saurian brandy, which Bones winces at and asks if Kirk is trying to go blind, and adds that it's illegal. Plus, he says he found a bottle in Chekhov's locker, which appears to be Glenfiddich Thirty Year. Mm. This is, I guess, some decent scotch. I like Glenn Fittich. Mm-hmm. I mean, did when I drank. <laughs> um, yeah, so the doctor is now stealing from other people's lockers. It's for it's for medical purposes. He's he's preventing he's preventing a, a crew member from um, from drinking too much or going into yeah or like uh, going into withdrawal. Yeah, <laughs> <Kirk's> an alcoholic. <laughs> God damn it! Get this man some some whiskey. 
<laughs> so the two agree. Oh my god, you need booze. <laughs> <laughs> so the two agree that they always thought Chekhov would be a vodka guy. Mm. Get it? Because he's Russian. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, that's I, I and they I, they do it like a little callback to that, but also yeah, and like I guess uh, TOS like. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes, did you know that uh, that scotch was actually invented by a little old lady in Leningrad? Yeah, yeah, they, they do that at the end of this film. Yeah, so, like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, but I think they changed it to St. Uh, in Russia because... It oh, yeah, like, because it was it's no longer Leningrad. It's yeah. no longer Leningrad. It's like St. Petersburg now, so they, yeah, they um, changed it. God to. damn it. <laughs> um, make it Leningrad again. Let's yeah. make a red hat that says make St. P- or yeah, make St. Petersburg Leningrad again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good, good hat. I mean, technically, that was in the future. So, I mean, that means at some point, um, uh, the world goes back to calling St. Petersburg uh, Leningrad. So maybe that, maybe that, there's that, hope. That, that that does happen at some that point. Bring hope. Yeah. Also, also, the Irish unification is supposed to happen next year. Yeah. But and uh, <laughs> bell riots are supposed bell to happen. Bell riots also are supposed to happen next year. So Yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. I don't know about it. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. So... Um, uh, the two agree that Chekhov would be a vodka guy, and the two have a toast and toast to a glass representing Kirk's father. Mm. Uh, but they don't say that. And I think that was really good filmmaking right yeah. there is the symbolism of a, a, a full glass of whiskey representing Kirk's dead father. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he drinks it and he's like, oops, sorry, dad. <laughs> <laughs> Angel <laughs> share. No, he doesn't say that, actually. That doesn't happen. <laughs> so uh, Kirk notes that uh, he's now a year older than his dad ever got to be. So we're dealing with uh, kind of kind of mortality issues in this film, yeah. I guess. It's yeah, fun. from from both of them, really. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And, you know, the is Kirk definitely begins this film as very fatalist in a way. And it is funny how he he's he's acting like uh, age thirty is like the end of the road for him. Which I mean, <laughs> yeah, um, to, honestly, yeah, yeah. To, yeah, to be fair, <laughs> have you been thirty? It is. It is. <laughs> like I mean, my back went out at twenty nine and hasn't recovered since. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's cool. <laughs> so, um, Kirk notes that he's a year older than his dad, and suddenly he is called to the bridge. In front of the Enterprise is Starbase Yorktown, a giant planet-like superstructure containing a megacity within what is basically a small glass planet. Bones calls it a damn monstrosity and asks if they could just rent space on another planet, to which Spock says it might cause a disturbance if Starfleet were to show favoritism to any of its member planets. You know, like headquartering Starfleet on Earth. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I do. Put, put it. Yeah, yeah. Making the Federation's like military wing, putting mm-hmm. that entirely on Earth. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And this is the only only the second uh, Star Trek film to not to not feature Earth at all. That's interesting. I didn't notice that. What was the um, insurrection? Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I never really thought about that. That's a fun fact. But I do. That's I, a fun <laughs> fact. And I do like that we do get the um, we get this like um, completely like you know sci-fi city where it's just like there's uh, where gravity is like lesser in the middle and like a more on the side so they mm-hmm. have they it goes a complete sphere like you can have like a whole other city block right above you yeah i really liked like how the city was designed in this mm-hmm. i thought it like kind of made sense in a fun futuristic way yeah and also it was super weird and yeah cool. yeah yeah and it made for like good 
good action that you didn't have to think too hard about because you're like, well, it's, you know, it's, it's a make-believe thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like there's, it, it kind of reminded me of like uh, a lot of the uh, uh, sci-fi concepts of people like thinking of how like, you know, like a long-term um, space voyage would, would have to look like, you know, if you wanted to like send people to long reaches of space and it would mm -hmm. kind of like be a cylinder where um, it, the cylinder would constantly be rotating and then like it would have just like uh, structures all along the entire the entirety of it. So like oh, yeah, yeah, there would just be a more people right above you. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. like something like the the ring in two thousand one, a space odyssey. Oh yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, stuff like that too. It's another way to do artificial gravity. Interesting. 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 <laughs> um. So. Spock is leaving the ship when Uhura calls him, asking if he has a moment. She tries to give back a necklace that he gave her as a gift, but he refuses, noting it's not in Vulcan custom to receive that which has been given as a gift. Mm. It's a pretty good role, I think. I don't, I don't ask for gifts back, do you? No, I don't think so. You a gift backer? No. Good. Yeah, like, yeah, it would be kind of weird. Would. <laughs> so... Also, I want to say, like, also, like, um, Justin Lin's son has a cameo in the beginning when they're entering Yorktown. Oh, interesting. He's the green kid. He's the green kid. Yeah, when the green kid. I is, don't remember. I don't, I don't, I don't uh, notice like, kids. There's a kid that looks out the window, and he's an Orion child, and, mm -hmm. he see, and he's watching the Enterprise, because, like, the Enterprise enters underneath that river, mm -hmm. and he's watching the Enterprise go under the river, and, yeah, that's Justin Lin's son. Cool. <laughs> just thought that was Nepo baby. <laughs> Nepo baby. Yeah. Also, his also uh, father. There's also a, a, a um, uh, Nepo father. father. <laughs> Nepo father. <laughs> um, so, uh, her is all right with um, this, but the scene was like really clunky. Like the way she runs after him, and she's like, "I needed to give this back." It's uh, I don't know. It, it's like too obviously expositional and yeah. it's, it's it's clunky it's not very good um so Uhura kisses spock on the cheek and leaves bones appears out of nowhere and asks if they broke up and what spock did <laughs> uh spock calls this reductive but bones says if an earth girl says it's her it's you uh and it makes me wonder how many of the bones lines are going to end in punch lines because like Basically everything he said so far in the film has been a punchline, and I was like, "Oh no, he, he is like the comic relief." He and also like uh, Scotty, Scotty and mm -hmm. him are like the the only two characters in the film that are funny. Yeah, <laughs> but they're like constantly on, and um, I don't know. It's kind of like Bones, especially, is almost like a coked up comedian in how much he's like on all the time, and I'm like, "Oh yeah." shut at some point i think like here i was like dude shut up and uh, he kept doing it and i was like eh, i love and i used to think like the writing was really good and snappy for him in this film and it, it is fine most of the time but it's like it's too on honestly mm -hmm. again i think that's an influence from um, marvel movies probably yeah 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 just make making everything like a sarcastic quip or like mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just like, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> I don't need it. I don't need it. Even the stuff that wasn't directly him, like a lot of his dialogue, there's a scene later with him and Spock 
where like Spock responds to something he says in the cringiest way. <laughs> and uh, we'll get into it. This, this, this film had a lot of peaks and valleys for me. Yeah. Like a lot of times I was like, Hey, that was cool. And then I was like, Oh, cringe. <laughs> Why'd you do that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, I, I feel like this is almost like a film that could have been made by Reddit on this exact year. Yeah. Like, this is exactly what Reddit found cool in 2015 and 2016. It is. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering, like, which, which uh, are we going to, which uh, film will be the first one to, like, use the word woke? Ooh. <laughs> like, or, you know, woke mind virus, or, or say say something is, is woke as a detriment. Uh, I would hate that so much. <laughs> who's going to be the first one? Who's going to be brave enough to do it? I mean, out of any of the franchises... Um, it can't be Disney because Disney's never gonna say woke. No, they won't. Disney will never say woke. So maybe Star Trek. Honestly, like I could see it I in the last season. Movie coming out. I could see it in the last season of Discovery. I could see him like right when uh, they finally kill like the final big baddie. Like Michael Burnham's like, oh, you think I'm woke? Now you're asleep. <laughs> <laughs> he just blows his fucking head off, and she's like. Thanks, Section Thirty One. <laughs> Credits play. I like that. No, yeah, it's like I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you to sleep. Yeah, I'm so woke. You're you're a sleep dog. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, Pre- I, I pretty good. Uh huh. <laughs> Spec script coming. Anyway, um, <sighs> at least Bones has written competently enough. Like, yeah, he's, he's, yeah he's, I do feel like he's um, not written poorly. He's just written too much. <laughs> this is one of my like I do like they feel like they're like a lived in crew like they, they do they they definitely have like relationships yeah there's no like uh, getting to know you type stuff that we had in the first two getting films getting to know you <laughs> getting to meet you getting to suck you getting to eat that ass getting to felch my cum out of your big fucking butt there we go getting to know you <laughs> um so next two old ass Vulcans ask Spock if he can have a moment of his time. Next, we get the scene. It's everyone's favorite scene. You ready for it? Yeah. Gay Sulu! Sulu's gay! Sulu's gay, everybody! (laughs) Hell yeah! Just like the actor who plays him, he's gay, everybody! (laughs) We the best! We the best! It's him and his husband, Ben! What's up, Ben? Doug Jung! Doug Jung! What's up, baby? They have an adopted child, unless his husband is a trans mask, or they have, like, cool technology in the future where you can do, like, a junior-style birth. Oh, yeah, they just you just have two people come in a cup and then swirl it around, and it makes a baby. Well, I know they use my mouth instead. Oh, they can do that, too. I'm willing to help. <laughs> Gay Sulu. Gay Sulu. Gay Sulu. Gay Sulu. Gay Sulu. Homophobic yeah. much? I do like that they, you know, tried decided to include it. Like, um, like uh, I think it was Simon Pegg who mm-hmm. uh, who thought of adding it, and then like, but yeah, Takaya said he always felt Roddenberry meant him to be straight. Yeah, but you know, who cares? <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing. Is like I don't care, but the fact that they spent like time and money, and here's the thing: this was a 12 second long scene. 
Mm-hmm. Five of those seconds are fucking Kirk just looking at him and his husband. Mm-hmm. And the sh- shot is entirely focused on Kirk. And uh, so this is just like seven gay seconds in a two hour and like two minute film. And I bet Justin Lin was like, I did it. I finally broke the barrier. (laughs) Some shit like that. Um, Mm. Because this is actually the first, I think, out gay couple in all of Star Trek. Because I think this is one year before um, Discovery, yeah? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. You know, good, good, good for them. But at the same time, I agree with George Takei. Like, this is just, come on. The (laughs) actor's not gay. So you cast, I think, two two straight guys as a gay couple. First off, a little bit offensive. They don't make out at all. Second off, you already have legitimate gay couples in your series. Mm -hmm. You have Spock and and Kirk, who everyone knows be fucking, Mm -hmm. but you're going to pretend like they aren't, which is homophobic. I think they're going to do that in Strange New World Season 2. Fuck your homophobia! I think they're going to do that in Strange New World Season 2, honestly. What? Do the do spurk. Oh, if they do, homie be coming. Homie be coming. Homie be coming all over my pants. That would be actually amazing if they like explained a backstory where they were in a relationship, but then like they they swore it off for some reason, and then that's why there's so much sexual tension between. They got their minds wiped or something. Oh god, that would. Oh my god, yeah, like the Romulans mind wipe them and like Mm. make them straight. Oh my god, they could do amazing things. Yeah, if they lean into that. Heads are going to roll. Heads are going to roll. Mostly the head of my penis <laughs> in the palm of my hand. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're saying. He's, he's, you got me. <laughs> anyway, we get the seven seconds of Gay Sulu. Mm-hmm. Um, we go back to Spock, who has learned of the death of Ambassador Spock himself. So not himself, but himself kind of yes his future self yeah and so he looks at a pad and uh, it says that he lived for like 32 star dates so i don't know if they used like i don't know what that was all about but i think they were just going by his actual birth and then the death like and this in this timeline interesting yeah so um even though he was like 162 years old i think yeah he was super super ass old Mm -hmm. so uh yeah this is i guess I don't know. Unfortunately, like Leonard Nimoy died before this. So Mm -hmm. like it took the wind out of any sails of using this as a real emotional moment. Mm -hmm. And they tried to, but I can only be so emotional about a Vulcan looking at an iPad, (laughs) looking at an obituary on an iPad. I'm just like, um, that kind of makes sense. That's how we would find out. Like, right, right. But it could have shown the scene with him and the other Vulcans is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. And like his emotional oh, yeah. reaction to learning of his own death, like, and the two other Vulcans be like, it's okay. We know you're half human. You can show emotion and him just being like, no, no. Or so, you know, mm. they could actually put some emotional stakes to it. Yeah. But this is not really a movie that survives on emotional stakes at all. No, no. It survives more on physical stakes, which it actually does a pretty good job of. Yeah. I've complained about the artificially inflated stakes in these movies before, but I feel like this one does a better job than the previous two films of actually, like, making a little more sense with their villain's motives. Mm. So, I don't know. We'll get into that, though. So... Um, out in space is an escape pod and it's drifting towards the Yorktown base from a nearby nebula. 
that is not responding, and when finally contacted, uh, the alien creature in the ship speaks a language foreign to Starfleet. So they stick it in, like, this uh, automatic translator thing, Mm -hmm. which um, I don't know how I feel about exactly. it's, It's a very early universal translator. Right. Well, I guess we'll talk about that more. But uh, so after translating her speech, its occupant, Kalara, claims her ship is stranded on the planet Ultimate, which is located past the dangerous, unexplored nebula and will block communications with Starfleet if they pass through it. So struggling to find continued meaning in his duties as captain and becoming increasingly affected by thoughts of the death of his father, George Kirk. Kirk applies for a promotion to Starfleet, the Commodore Paris. Um, as played by our our babe from Expanse. Yeah, as played by uh, Shore Agadashlu, who's the Earth president from Expanse, and I totally forgot she's in this. Yeah. But she is like... And she's playing Paris. She so. is, so I wonder if there's any connection between that and Tom Paris. Mm. It didn't say there was anywhere online, but mm. yeah, I do wonder. I, I did see something like, yeah, saying like she could be like his grandmother. She could, definitely. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, you never know. Yeah. But, but she, I mean, she is a fine older woman. Mm-hmm. She'd be looking good. She's in the, she's in the new Renfield movie. Oh, is she? Interesting. Yeah, she plays a, she plays a, um, a crime boss. Interesting. Yeah, she's got this like the, uh, a this accent that yeah, I don't, it's is she sultry. like sultry. She's yeah, a sultry. It's, it's kind of sultry, but she like enunciates everything. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Is she like part Indian or something like that? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, her speech is like really cool to listen to. Mm-hmm. I, I really like hearing her talk. Yeah, and she's, she's re- and she's really great in the Expanse. Oh, she's so fucking good in the Expanse. The Expanse. I mean, I can't recommend it enough to anybody. Mm-hmm. It's it's the best sci-fi show. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, actually, DS9 is the best sci-fi yeah, show. But, yeah. like, The Expanse explores things in a similar way, in my opinion, to the way DS9 explores things. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it doesn't really show anybody exactly as a protagonist. I mean, it does, like, have a narrative around certain characters. But, mm-hmm. like, it very much lets you make up your own mind about a lot of things, which I find very awesome mm-hmm. and a very Marxist thing to do. Mm-hmm. Just like a way to not insult your fucking audience, you know, not show them the message. Yeah, Just yeah. Like give them, give them some facts. Let them make up their own goddamn <laughs> mind. So, um, the uh, Commodore Paris tells Kirk it's regular for a captain to want to leave Starfleet and suggests he not get lost within himself. Kirk volunteers the Enterprise for the rescue mission into the nebula after, um, Kalara's people and Paris gives it to him in a turbo lift both Spock and Kirk uh, encounter each other and they say that they need to talk at some point and I really wanted them to make out here but it didn't happen <laughs> no they didn't so, Zachary Quinto is gay make yeah. him gay make Spock gay <laughs> or make him bisexual come on like give give us something no one needs Sulu to be gay that should have been the real reason for him and Yahura breaking up that would have ruled. <laughs> she gets jealous of Kirk, mm. and she's like, and she starts like being real catty towards Kirk. And he's like, "What did I do?" And she's like, "I know." And he's like, "No, what?" <laughs> and it turns out like he never knew that Spock had a crush on him, and so they have a tender moment where he's like, "Spock, my beloved," and they all get married I never together. Knew. I've wanted you for so long. <laughs> I've needed you for so long. 
<laughs> um, so in a turbo lift, Spock and Kirk say they need to talk at some point, and Kirk asks Spock if they make a good team. Which Spock says he thinks they do. Yeah, gangbang team. Hell yeah. Yeah, three way. Uh, it's an interesting scene, and uh, honestly, like very good in mm-hmm. a way it like conveys things without saying anything mm-hmm. specifically. And it's very small. You know, obviously they're in a turbo lift, so it's very, it's very, it's very confined. It's just mm-hmm. the two actors working off each other. There's no like other shit going on in the background. Yeah. I love a turbo lift scene. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I think some of some of the best one-on-one dialogue has gone on in turbo lifts. Mm-hmm. In, in yeah, the, you know, Picard, Riker always having their conversations. Oh, I love. Mm, mm. <laughs> I know it smells amazing in there. <laughs> it smells like old wood and books. Mm. Hmm. Maybe a little musk. An Earl Grey tea. Maybe some cum. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Just the faint, the faintest hint. A little hint. bit of silicone-based lube. <laughs> oh, you dirty boy. You didn't take a sonic shower afterwards, did you, you dirty, dirty boy? You just came straight to work from getting your freak on, dirty boy. <laughs> I don't know why they just don't have sonic showers everywhere. Like, why Why is it it can only be in your quarters? Like, why couldn't it be in a turbo lift? That's a great point. That'd be because yeah, the turbo lift is the way they get to work. I, I, I'm sure probably because you have to share it with someone, and there's like nerdy mm. rules. Well, even though there shouldn't be, it should be everything should be like beta Z. Yeah, yeah. Where you'd be naked if you want to be. Yeah, why not? Yeah, beta Z wedding baby. <laughs> we go and get naked. Imagine like God. I can't even imagine going to the the Troy's wedding or the Riker's wedding because like they'd have um, you know, Luxwana there. Mm-hmm. And I'd be thinking thoughts and having boners <laughs> and stuff, and you know, she. I mean, I knew. I mean, it, that's got to be the most dangerous place to be because, like, everyone there can you probably read your mind. Yeah, exactly. Which is not good. <laughs> not good at all. That's, I, I, if I got invited to a Beta Z wedding, I wouldn't go. I just wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. You you just walk in and they're like. Pervert, like, like, George Bush didn't do that, you fucking pervert. <laughs> someone someone looks at me and then hits an alarm and goes, pervert, 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 pervert. <laughs> And like a bunch of fingers point and start, you know, little signs start pointing at me and I'm exacted from the wedding. Yeah, I just, I just wouldn't go. I feel a t-shirt design coming. <laughs> pervert, 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 I'd, I'd rock that. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Something like I'm legally required to wear this. <laughs> <laughs> you have to register as a pervert. Yeah. Wear that shirt. Yep. So um, this scene is like night and day with that scene, and I think it was Star Wars two or three. I don't the one in the elevator where it's Anakin and Obi Wan. Oh yeah, and Anakin is remember like, remember when we had those adventures? Yeah, we, we, do you remember when we did those things together? Ha 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 ha! That was fun. <laughs> yes, we are friends now. <laughs> yeah, that that's that scene sucks. Yeah, but this scene was like, hey, there's some nuance. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I think like I don't know like. George Lucas writing dialogue like he writes everyone like a robot mm-hmm. and just an emotionless robot so like everyone comes off that way right and yeah. like if you just have any like, actual normal human <laughs> write dialogue it kind of comes off more naturally yeah like George Lucas's dialogue makes me want to die log <laughs> fine. fine 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 um so the Enterprise takes off in a really cool shot from the part uh, that separates the saucer from the bottom. 
Mm-hmm. And like the CGI is really creative in this film, mm-hmm. and like the shots they show, and I really fucking like the shot. I do a lot. like I do like the uh, the shot of it in the the war, uh, the Enterprise in the warp bubble. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Like too, we yeah. don't we I don't think that was and I think that was seen at, seen before. I don't think so either, which doesn't make sense because like the warp nacelles literally create a create a visible warp field that is talked about, mm-hmm. and they like show it on the screen all the time, like their warp field, and talk about their warp field. But you never see the warp field, but you know it's there, mm-hmm. and it would displace things, especially if you're going through a nebula and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, with any kind of matter, yeah, especially a lot of space dust and shit like that. Yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting i i did i did like that and the cgi is like top notch on this film like Mm -hmm. you know it was made seven years ago but it fucking holds up oh yeah it could have been made today i mean yeah i mean you watch the Lord of the rings and the cgi holds up and that was made 20 years ago (laughs) yeah but they're doing like you know people and stuff yeah yeah you know a little different yeah i think i think we got a lot of like cgi now that just looks like straight garbage absolutely they just do it as cheap as possible well then they, they rush people yeah it. i mean i think like like avatar the way of water really just like set the bar for how it should be looking <laughs> well that's the problem is avatar the first one set the bar that no one else has met yet except <laughs> for avatar too yeah <laughs> so it's it's difficult when like 10 year old technology still hasn't really been adopted properly by anybody except for literally the guy who invented the technology mm-hmm. And he's already moved past it. So it's like, once James Cameron dies, we're going to lose decades of technology. Yeah, he'll probably, he'll, he'll, by that point, he'll probably have like something where he can download his intelligence into into a computer. Into my balls. And then he'll actually... I want to download a zip file into my balls. He probably actually has a Navi growing in, a, in, a, in his oh, basement that's true. right now. And he, because... He, he, you know he he wants to be the Navi, so yeah. Like he'll. He, I mean, wouldn't you? T- I want to fuck a Navi so bad. Yeah. Like look at that. Look at that. Look at that slimy green slit. <laughs> green, blue. Sorry. Yeah. Blue. I mean, if you're colorblind in a certain way, I'm sure. Yeah. They look green. I hope it's not green. <laughs> it could be a different color. I mean, yeah. I guess it could. You know, because like nipple color. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. You know. Definitely. I bet, it, I, bet, I bet it'd be stinking, but it's supposed to be stinking a good way. You know, it's supposed to be a little bit stank. Oh no, it smells like durian fruit, baby. <laughs> it smells like it's durian like, fruit. Yeah, some some people think it smells like raw sewage and tastes like it, but to me, it's warm almonds all the way, baby. Oh shit. Yeah. Next, uh, we get <laughs> so as they traverse the nebula, Kirk gives a ship-wide address, saying, "Enterprise, our mission is straightforward: rescue a crew stranded on a planet in uncharted space." Uh, Uncharted the game. This is Nathan Drake space. Mm. Starring um, Mark Wahlberg. And, yep. Uh, Our trajectory will take us through an unstable nebula. One which will disable all communications with Starfleet. We're going to be on our own. The Enterprise has something no other ship in the fleet has. You. Not you. Oh, yeah. But yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> and the collective you. Yeah. Uh, the board collective you. And as we've come to understand... We understand come. Mm-hmm. Most of you will be sucked out into space. Just again. <laughs> again. So uh, as we've come to understand, there's no such thing as the unknown, only the temporarily hidden. Kirk out, which he, he'd be talking about penises. Yeah. It's like, that ain't unknown in that fan. It's just, I don't know it yet. I don't know it yet. I'm going to find out. That's what he means by Kirk out. He, Kirk, he, he, Kirk, he, Kirk, whip it out. Kirk, Kirk, Kirk whip whipping it out. out. Whipping out his penis. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
Good job, bro. Slapped it on the table. S- uh, slap it on the, uh, the the con. Yeah, yeah. Slap it on the con. Yeah. Con! <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? Kirk out. I think Soy Trek out for 90 seconds while we travel a nebula for a word from our sponsors. Oh. And we're back. Patreon.com slash dumb idiot BS. That's patreon.com slash dumb idiot BS. If you want ad free episodes. Yeah, no ads. So where were we? The Enterprise gets through the nebula with a little bit of difficulty, but a little help from its friends, <laughs> and eventually arrives at Alta Mid, which is mid. Yeah. Alta. It's okay. Yeah. It just looks like the Pacific Northwest. Kinda. Yeah. Um, Spock <laughs> finds it to be sparsely populated in a class M world. So they can they can breathe down there. They can breathe over her. All good. Suddenly the Enterprise sees a ship on their sensors that comes into view and appears to be thousands of tiny little ships in formation is a larger unit. Mm. A G unit, in fact. G unit. Or in this case, a B unit. Oh. I got them. Got them. Got them. I kind of saw they felt they were more like locusts than anything else. That's true, but they call them bees in here. So yeah, but like they kind of act like locusts because they just like eat away at everything. And mm-hmm. but you know that's just me. I would have made a locust uh, locust uh, reference. You like the band, the locust? Never listened to them. They're pretty pretty cool. Mm. Grindy, real frantic metal stuff. So uh, the Enterprise comes under attack from a swarm of these thousands of small, heavily armed alien ships. Kirk orders a counterattack, but the Enterprise is overwhelmed by the enemy's sheer volume and strength and giant, giant penises. Oh, yeah, they got them swinging. They got they they swing so much dong and Kirk is like Kirk orders a counterattack, but the Enterprise is overwhelmed by the enemy's sheer volume and strength. The ship's phasers, navigational deflector, and warp nacelles are destroyed within minutes. And the the warp nacelles especially being destroyed looked awesome. Yeah, that was pretty cool. They like, it was thousands of ships just, like, running through the, the nacelle, like, the things that hold them. And they kind of do the thing where it's just, like, you know, with a black box hole. Why don't they make, all, make the entire sh- ship out of the black box? And they got to do that because, like, these ships just go straight through the Enterprise without any sort of, like, harm. Yeah, you got to make all all ships out of these ships. Yeah, yeah. They just seem to be in completely indestructible for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, but it's also, like, you know, consider, like, a bee can take down a, a big, strong man if he has a bee allergy. So That's true. In a way, in metaphor here, they're saying that the Enterprise has a bee allergy. Mm. Now, what do you think the, the bee allergy is? is symbolism for uh, it's wanting to fuck your mother obviously oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like kirk has mommy issues because his dad is dead and so he has the daddy oh, issues yeah, doing the edible complex a- absolutely the dead dad fuck mm-hmm. the mom yeah but spock can't fuck his mom kirk can because mo- it's because spock's mom died first movie oh yeah that's right but kirk presumably can still fuck his mom or he could fuck Spock's mom if he can find her body. There you go. But she was sucked into a uh, black hole, so probably not. 
Yeah, maybe he could stick his dick <laughs> in a black hole. See, I see mean, it, reach it, out to the other side, baby. Yeah, it's like Spock. You need to calculate how we can go around this, do do the do, do whip around the sun and go back in time. We're I need good. to. Uh, so you're saying <laughs> if I stick just my dick in the event horizon, it will become infinitely long. Let's do it. Let's do this. Um, so the CGI here is really fantastic and the stakes mm -hmm. feel really high. Oh yeah. Uh, honestly, the fate of a ship works so much better for me as a plot than the fate of the universe mm -hmm. or like the fate of Starfleet. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's more relatable, immediately relatable because it's like, you can actually see the consequences yeah. happening when it's like a, when it's a huge world, it's mm -hmm. like, that's too much to, for your brain to really comprehend. Right. And the thing is like, yeah, the stakes of, a thing happening to a ship are totally relatable to the real world because we know so many stories of like in wars and stuff like one ship going into uncharted territory and mm. bad things happening yeah and so like you know that that makes sense whereas like i don't think we've ever really had a universe ending world ending problem other than the, i guess you can like you could argue hitler but the world would not have ended no. except for several races of people yeah which I mean, the di the dinosaurs being wiped out, I think, is, like, the only thing that's happened to Earth. Yeah, yeah. Which is a real bummer, because I want to taste dinosaur real bad. <laughs> so I hope they get on that Jurassic Park shit and make some dinosaur All right, burgers. well, you got to get into a spaceship. You got to whip around the sun. Oh, yeah. Stop to go fuck Spock's mom. Mm -hmm. Go back, go around again. Mm -hmm. Go to dinosaur time. Mm -hmm. Kill and eat a dinosaur. <laughs> Put it on the board, baby. A hundred people want to do that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I like the stakes already in this film, um, being that, like, most of the time it's like a universe-ending revenge fest. Mm. Just whatever. So the Enterprise, uh, with the Enterprise crippled and helpless, uh, several of the attacking ships breach the hull, and a boarding party commanded by the Swarm's apparent leader boards the ship. And this is kind of cool CGI. Uh, he like it. These things just like literally rip through the ship's hole. It's interesting that like they can do that and mm -hmm. also just like also seal the hole when they go through. So. That is an interesting idea, but yeah. you know it does it doesn't make a ton of sense. But at the same time, it's a cool idea. Yeah, I mean it's 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 fun. It's like sort of like a modern day like you know pirate type thing. You know when like the pirate mm. and like the the pirates are boarding the enemy ship to take right, it over right. and stuff. That's that's fun. Mm -hmm. Good point. So they make their way to the ship's archive, and on the way there, the leader captures and drains the life force from several Enterprise crewmen, leaving them as withered husks. And he does this by sucking all of the energy out of their penis. <laughs> it's, he's like, it's basically like that movie Life Force that, that stars uh, Patrick Stewart. Right, right. He's like, come here, you. Give me your penis. And they're like, no, no, no. Oh, actually... Actually, wow! What are you? Oh! Yeah, except, except he's not a not a really attractive nude woman. It's no, no. He's 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 an angry looking alien guy. Yeah, you know? that's why they don't want to get their dick sucked. But when he when he put that thussy up on it, mm. people they they go they go crazy. Yes, yes. Yeah, they're just like hell. Hell's yeah. Oh, sorry, thrussy. Thrussy. I feel guilty for you mm -hmm. know judging on looks alone when he mm -hmm. just be rocking that dick so hard. You're rocking that big old dick. <laughs> so yeah, um, so this guy is like draining the energy out of people and leaving them to be California raisins, mm -hmm. but without the fun R and B hits. No, which no. is a real shame. I mean, like California raisins without the R and B is like uncomfortable for everyone, right? Yeah, They're like what are you? You're like old. Are you, are you just like 
old purple men. Or not even ra- they're not even raisinets, so they don't have a delicious chocolate coating. No, they do definitely they even make raisinets anymore. Yeah, they absolutely do make raisinets. Mm. It's, it's one of my brother's favorite candies, and he keeps buying them. And I uh, keep saying, "How dare you?" <laughs> Listen, are, are you going to a movie in the 1970s, buddy? Yeah, apparently. Yeah, apparently he is. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to watch Paul Schrader's filmography," and I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, that's a great choice because he's a great writer." Bring on the raisinets! Give him the raisinets, baby. Um, so Scotty attempts to restore power. Um, oh, uh, yeah. So the design of the aliens is pretty cool here. Um, but they're a bit Star Wars ish though. I will say that. Yeah. Yeah. So Scott, Scotty attempts to restore power to the enterprise's impulse drive by feeding it from the warp core. But, uh, the, uh, pirate people's apparent leader, they're not actually pirates. They're just aliens. Yeah. Uh, orders the swarm to resume its attack. They destroy the next section of the Enterprise, separating the saucer uh, f- from the engineering holes and leaving the saucer powerless due to Scotty's modifications, leaving no way switching over to the saucer's reserve power without full separation. So Spock and Dr. McCoy are in a turbo lift car uh, that is ejected into space and subsequently captured by a swarm craft. But they manage to get into the craft and overpower its occupants. At this point, we get a whole lot of people getting sucked out into space, as we know J.J. Abrams loves to do. Yep. Every every single movie features tons of people being sucked out into the void of space for it's some reason. The only thing he loves uh, more than sucking out people into space is getting his dick sucked and eating dog dick. You know eating what I'm saying? dog dick. As we, we talked about on the last, mm-hmm. I think, couple episodes. Yeah. J.J. Abrams. The dog fucker. I didn't say that. That's slander. Oh. I I said he... Alleged. He allegedly loves dog dick. Yeah, allegedly loves dog dick. In my head. (laughs) That's it. That's the only place. This is part of your personal, like, canon. Yeah, this is my... uh, This is the foundation of my cult. Yes. (laughs) The J.J. Abrams dog dick cult. It's one of of the things that you have to agree to to join. Like, you have to... It's something that you have to believe wholeheartedly before you're allowed to uh, project move on to the next level we just do like vedic chants of like jj dog dick jj <laughs> dog dick back to back so we can feel the vibrations deep within mm-hmm. our chakras and you have like one of the, you have the guy from doing doing that jj dog dick jj dog dick jj dog dick yeah that's exactly what it sounds like but you know there's, there's a lot more come you also hear a lot more like <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> a noun, a disease you get from chewing. <laughs> Sprankton? Sprankton, a noun, a disease you get from chewing. Um, so, <laughs> um, so elsewhere, the leader of the ship finds uh, the artifact that he was looking for, the uh, piece of the weapon from earlier in the movie. And then Kirk, but as he's trying to capture him, the ship is rocked and the artificial gravity is like working, but the ship is jostling everywhere. So it's another one of those topsy-turvy type ships, like I think we had in the last movie, mm. um, that makes no no real sense at all as long as they're in space. Yeah, And they're still in space at this point, I think. Mm. 
And so if the artificial gravity was working in space, right, you would it wouldn't matter what's up and down because yeah. you're in space. And if it's working, you're not jostled side to side. But if it's not working, then everyone just floats. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense for it to be like, this is like if the thing were in an atmosphere. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. It's, it's working only by the rules of like directional gravity of which they are not a party to here at all. Yeah. And but so, it makes good. It looks fun on the, on the, on the movie. Yeah, but it makes no, no. sense at all. And so this, this is actually something that took me out of it. And like, even though I was still having fun at this point, I'm like, come on. Like this, this doesn't make any sense. They did it in the last film; it didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And you're doubling down on it. This must be one of J.J. Abrams' fetishes <laughs> because Bad people getting, getting sucked, sucked out, out of space. Yeah, and dog dick. Yeah. Um. So allegedly. 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 In Minecraft. <laughs> um, <clears throat> dog dick in Minecraft. Dog dick in Minecraft. Dog dick in Minecraft. Um. So, Kirk. Uh gets to the artifact first and gives it to Ensign Sill, who has a, a octopus head, kind of. She's got a crab head. Yeah, she got a crab head. She got some, some like... Or pin- spider head. It looks- Sp- yeah, she got some shit coming out of the back of her head to her, where... Her head honestly looks like she's, like, a face hugger. Oh, my God. Imagine getting head from the back of her head. Because it's got, like... A like a mouth a, or something. A, a, it's kind of a mouth. It's like appendages, kind of. It reminds me of, like, an octopus's tentacles, almost. Because mm. that goes to the mouth. So maybe that's, like... Maybe that is how she gets sloppy. Sorry, they get sloppy. I don't know if it gendered her. Hey, you know what? We, 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 we a head hole's a head hole, baby. We need to write a letter to Simon Pegg and David uh, Jung. His name is Pegg, so he's probably down. <laughs> David Pegg, or Simon Pegg. David Pegg? <laughs> I combined their two names for some reason. Fair. Uh, Simon Pegg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Simon Pegg. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> um, so... Uh, Kirk orders the crew to abandon ship. As the separated engineering hull begins to disintegrate, most of the crew escape in escape pods, only for the swarm of ships to capture them and drag them down to the planet. Seeing this, Scotty fires himself out of the ship in an advanced long-range torpedo, Dead Spock style. So Kirk goes to separate the saucer from the neck, uh, but the swarm leader now introduces Crawl, attacks him before Kirk can initiate the separation. Which, um, it's the same thing with my parents' divorce. (laughs) Uh, Ahura goes on to separate the saucer and gets left behind, like my favorite book series, uh, (laughs) with Crawl in the next section while Kirk is on the saucer side. So Kirk reaches the bridge, which is now occupied only by Sulu, Chekhov, Kalara, and a few other crewmen. However, Chekhov reports that the saucer is uh, too badly damaged to keep it in orbit and will crash within minutes. Kirk orders the remaining crew to abandon the ship by Kelvin pods once it enters the atmosphere, although everyone except for himself, Chekhov, and Kalara are also captured uh, and is the last person to leave the Enterprise. Moments later, the saucer crashes into a mountain range and what remains of it crash lands in a field, embedding itself into the earth and the sequence here looked great Mm. it was engaging it was really good cgi action that made me go no not the enterprise it was good it was good as hell i did like yeah like the perspective from their uh, kelvin pods watching the watching the ship crash that was fun it was it was it was a cool like i don't know i like when they show things from a real perspective instead Mm -hmm. of like 
a point in space where a camera would never ever be mm-hmm. you know it, it makes more sense to me and it gives like better um, it gives me a better feel of stakes yeah you know because then you can do uh you know just visual storytelling where you know someone's watching the enterprise be destroyed with tears in their eyes and so in that moment you know what it means to them and a lot of things lack that subtlety and honestly like the first two star trek films uh you know the reboot films jj abrams films aos films whatever you want to call them i think lacked that i don't know humanity mm-hmm. i'll say humanity yeah i don't think jj abrams is great at expressing people no yeah he's I mean, good at expressing ideas but I mean, he's good at expressing like snappy, fun, interesting people, but not like a depth. No, yeah, yeah. Just basically, just likes to do the soft reboots of um, of popular franchises, right? <laughs> and also dog dick. And also dog dick. Dog dick. Well, really, also like you know, since we had Justin Lin doing the directing, you know, mm-hmm. we didn't get a single um, character say that we're family. That is surprising. Yeah, we did, they didn't. God, and I'm actually sad we didn't get a Vin Diesel cameo. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> that would have that would have been amazing. I, w- I would have fucked with a Vin Diesel cameo straight up. <laughs> like 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 it like uh, Vin Diesel from Fast and the Furious. Like he joins them at the end. He yes. just comes and is like, hey, what's going on, family? And then like, yes, yeah, so here's a new security officer, <laughs> uh, Officer Pastorelli. <laughs> hey, we family all to you together here, everybody. Yeah, bring it in. Yeah. All right, I set up, uh, you know, a little street race outside. Let's go. Let's Do ride. It. Yeah. Uh, I say this as I actually love Vin Diesel. I think he's awesome. Yeah. I don't really watch his movies, but I think he as a person is awesome. You ever watch that uh, toy commercial he did before he was famous? Yeah, I did. That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he's actually got a, a decent voice, too. He has some, mm-hmm. some songs out. Not mm. bad. Not terrible. Oh. There's worse things I've put in my ass. Yeah. <laughs> He just sat on the speaker, like uh, like the, like in um, Howard Stern private parts, exactly, and just like blast blast Vin Diesel all, mm-hmm. bass all the way up and treble down. And oh, and just just listen to the Daily with Michael Barbaro <laughs> with the bass all the way up. Just as going hmm, and I'm like oh oh, oh, oh. dear Vin this Diesel. This is Michael Barbaro. You're <laughs> this is the daily. <laughs> uh, I stopped listening to that a long time ago. Mm. Yeah, New York Times is fucking trash. Yes, it is. It's a trash paper made by trash idiots. <laughs> Little dum dums. Yep, the paper of record, <laughs> and also fireplaces. Yeah, uh, wiping my ass. And wiping my ass with that, cleaning a window, wiping my ass. <laughs> Sunday edition, wiping my ass, giving my grandpa a big, big sponge bath. (laughs) With a newspaper, you'll wipe him clean. Don't give him AIDS like my friend Charlie Sheen. Seems very personal. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So um, the crash landing looks really good, um, even though it's not a model. And yeah. I I have gone on record saying uh, you know movies should be as real as possible. We are I I hope we agree we are fans of practical effects and squibs on yeah. this program. Mm-hmm. I like them way better than CGI anything. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they have a certain like like uh, Phil Tippett uh, who did like all the the practical effects for like um, fucking uh, what do you call it uh, Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. Blade Runner, 
Like, I will say, like, also give them credit. Um, there is lots of really good alien practical. Just there like, are, effects. except for like the the aliens at the beginning are all yeah, CGI the and they beginning. look like dog shit, and I hate that. Yeah, they did look. They looked they, like, especially they had like big eyes, and so they did look. They, like they a lot looked. Of, like, cartoon they characters. looked like they were from a Marvel film. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. But like all the practical effect aliens, I thought looked really cool. They looked very interesting. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, crabhead looked cool. Yeah. Um, oh, I'd stick inside. You know. Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> I mean, didn't just look cool. It looked juicy. Like, and I, I will admit, that juicy the first head. and the makeup on um, on Crawl was so good. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was Idris Elba until on, on Crawl. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't realize that was Idris Elba until the end when he becomes, you know, more human. I was just like, oh, what the fuck? And yeah, they they do a really good job of like masking his voice, yeah, and, they like do. his appearance, and like you know, he's yeah. I didn't even really think about the act. I mean, I did because I looked at the cast before I watched mm. this movie. I'm like, oh yeah, Idris Elba's in this, and yeah. then I watched it. I'm like, yeah, you don't even really notice Idris Elba's in this until yeah, the he, end. He, it doesn't really use his voice, his like his distinctive voice until the end either. I mean, it even doesn't use his distinctive voice then because he's British, right? Yeah, and he always yeah had a British tang to his voice. Tang, but not like he didn't I sound mean, his full name's Balthazar Edison. That's that's <laughs> I was gonna bring it up because that's the worst fucking name in all know. of Star Trek. I wish that was my name, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you got you got Featric Toey, that's true, that's a pretty cool name. Pretty cool, it's not, it's no Balthazar Edison. What is <laughs> what should be nothing? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna change that to my name right now, yeah, do it. Yeah. It's only like 250 bucks or something. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you really want to change it to Balthazar Edison, I will I will appropriate that. You can <laughs> you can spend the podcast money to change yes. your name to only Balthazar Edison, but I get to choose the middle name. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's going to be something I can't. It's probably write. just soytrek.com. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll be like that guy that gets like the, you know, like the the casinos um, oh, tattooed on his dick t- tattooed and on his face yeah 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 that guess pretty good there was a guy from alaska who did that oh my god see around every now and again you know what if, if, if they will pay me enough money i probably would too but they didn't pay enough money they only paid like 10 grand or something that's not just, enough oh no no i'm i'm talking like a million dollars yeah absolutely yeah like it's on you for the rest of your life yeah exactly like i'm i mean it's negotiable but i'm gonna say like it definitely doesn't go below 300,000. No. Like, I got to be able to buy a house somewhere with the tattoo <laughs> yeah. on my face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got to not worry farm about somewhere, employment yeah. or anything. Yeah, exactly. Do some <laughs> yam and homesteading to where, you know, yeah, I live off grid or whatever because you know, society ain't down with is it. Is there a limit? Is, do you, is there agreed upon time how long it has to stay on your body before you can, like, cover it up? I think. Or does it, it have to just be on you until you die? I think I think there's like an agreed upon time, and I think it's usually like I'm, I'm sure like five or ten years or something. Yeah, because I could I would just do that and just like put a big block over it, <laughs> just tattoo a, like a block, or just wear a hat, <laughs> or wear a hat, yeah, yeah, or get a cool wig. Oh yeah, cool wig. Like, like Kirk himself, mm. not this Kirk, William Shatner. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I mean, if it's on your forehead, you can't cover that up with a wig. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, like bangs, I guess. Yeah. You could be like Abby from NCIS <laughs> with a beard. Yeah, I'll just be. I'll just be. I'll, yeah, I'll, be, I'll, I'll, I'll just. I'll dress like a goth. Um, um, what is she like? A e girl kind of? Yeah, no, not nah, ish. I mean, or what's her job? Like she's like a. Oh, she's a like a lab tech. Yeah, it would so. be a goth lab tech with bangs. That you know, I'll just be 
living my life like uh, Betty Page. Yep. Yeah, why not? Love but I just it. have the beard. <laughs> We'd love to see it. You should do that. Yeah, why not? I love that for you, dude. Get on it. All right. Well, if you have money, enough money to spend, I'll tattoo uh, your website on my forehead. Oh, I just didn't. So long I, I didn't know. I was talking about changing your name. Oh, that's I right. I wasn't. I wasn't offering that. I was uh, Balthazar Soytruck.com Edison. I will pay for that. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But it has to be that. But I was talking about if anybody wants to tattoo anything on my head, I'm I'm down for that too. Yeah, I didn't offer that. I don't. Uh, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin your life more than you already have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where can I go uh, go from here? Only down. There you go. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, uh, only up, really. Yeah. <laughs> only up. Um. So, uh. Scotty's torpedo tube shoots out over the landscape of the planet and lands on the precipice of a cliff. And Scotty has to jump to make it off just in time. And this is honestly a great high-stakes shot. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, even though it's CGI from seven years ago, like completely green screen, I'm sure. Uh, and I'm sure that Simon Pegg, like, shattered himself in here to make himself look cool. Like, mm. oh, yeah, in the next scene, Scotty jumps and has to save his life. He's hanging off the cliff like a, you know, have you ever seen Mission Impossible 3? <laughs> Do you think he wrote a, also wrote a sex scene between him and Kayla? I'm sure he wrote a sex scene between him and multiple characters. They're him like, and like, like they're, <laughs> they're, they're going to punch up the script and they're like, hey, Scotty, we got to take out at least nine at, nine of these sex scenes. Nine of these sex the, scenes. Like you can't be. But there's only nine. <laughs> <laughs> nine, nine, right, have nine. You, have you heard of a refractory period? Like you just listen to the timeline of the movie. Like does it make sense how you can be coming this much? Have you not heard of the Scotsman's refractory period? <laughs> it's only as long as it takes to take the next shot of scotch. <laughs> But yeah, unfortunately, yeah, none of those sex scenes made it to the final cut, unfortunately. But I'm sure I want to read, like, I want to read the actual, like, writer's cut. That's a thing. The writer's cut. You mean the, the script? The script. Yeah. Oh, like the, the other, writer's cut. Oh, like it's on paper. <laughs> yeah, it's on paper. I just, want, I just wanted to see which <laughs> sex scenes that were actually made or, or attempted. Well, yeah, because we didn't have any sex scenes in this movie, unfortunately. Yeah, there was like it was a very sexless movie. Yeah, which you know, a lot of people online for some reason there's this discourse, especially on Twitter, where people are like, "I don't like sex scenes. They shouldn't be in movies." Yeah. And I'm like, then how are like people have sex in real life and it actually forwards the stories of a lot of people's lives mm -hmm. in fact most people's lives are impacted in some way by sex yeah and so like not showing it is a weird like disregard for reality <laughs> but like i i get like gratuitous sex scenes and i get like why do you have fucking um selma hayek pouring you know tequila off of her foot into fucking you know, Quentin Tarantino's mouth. No, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. No, no, no it's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah, I want him to do a Star Trek with just like that. No, but Sawyer I mean, and Brandy on the feet. Sawyer and Brandy on the feet. Sawyer and Brandy on their feet. I mean, I can agree to it to a point because yeah, like there is. I, I felt like all the sex scenes in Game of Thrones were gratuitous and didn't really like most of them. Yeah, there, I mean, except, except except one of the bro brother and sister. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm like, well, well, you're further in my story. I mean, it's just like okay, like I can see tits anywhere. It's fine. Like, but I'm just like. Yeah, some of those I felt but were excessive, but medieval tits, dude. <laughs> Come on, fantasy. I know, fantasy. They're like tits. dragons could see those tits. <laughs> you couldn't see any pair of tits in this world where dragons might have seen them. That's true. 
Think about that. I should have. Fucking but, checkmate. Dumbass. But yeah, like I, I can agree to it to a point where I think some things are excessive, but like, yeah, we need to have some sort of romance. Like that's one that was one of my biggest like complaints of like the Renfield movie is it's like completely sexless. Like mm-hmm. you have two, you have a male, you have two leads and they don't and they're just hanging out. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, just, and they introduce like two two attractive female character aliens in here mm-hmm. and they ain't fuck a suck nothing. Nothing. I mean, not nothing, because nothing would be a cool thing to suck on. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm pretty but sure. nothing is not a good thing. I'm pretty say. sure the sex scene between her and Scotty while Keenser watched was, oh, def- yeah. was definitely left on the, on the, on the, on the, on the, on the floor. Keenser was watching and like, suddenly he like accidentally like knocks over a stack of dildos or something. And <laughs> Scotty's like, oi, oh, hey, little buddy. You can join if you want. <laughs> Hop right on in. <laughs> I'm engineering an orgasm. <laughs> See this spot right here? This is like a warp nacelle. It's called the vulva. Oh, I see you found me lucky charms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Irish. That's Irish. Oh, my bad. Wow. 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 <laughs> Our Irish fan is going to be pissed. I'm sorry, Irish people. They're not even part of the UK. You know that. I know. I know. You know. At least the Republic of Ireland. <laughs> um, so, uh, meanwhile, Kirk and Chekhov crash land near Kalara. And uh, Kirk immediately holds her at gunpoint. And he's like, you sold us out! Um, Which is a pretty fair assessment. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> she admits that she lured the Enterprise into a trap, claiming that Krall promised to return her crew to her in exchange for the Enterprise and her own crew. With the tricorders having insufficient range to locate the rest of the crew, the trio board the crash saucer in order to use its sensors. Over with Ahura, she's captured by Krall, and she asks, or uh, he asks who she is. She says he's committed an act of war against the Federation, and he counters that the Federation in itself is an act of war. Mm. I don't get that. Uh, <laughs> she asks why... Uh, or he asks why she sacrificed herself for Kirk, and she says he would have done the same and uh, made it off the ship, and he will come for everybody. And Crawl says that's what he's counting on. Yeah, it's very like uh, so he wants, Leon the professional, yeah. Gary Oldman. I'm counting on it. <laughs> so he, he definitely wants or all of them. Yeah. He, he wants Kirk's dick. Am I right? Yeah, he does. I think he definitely wants a little taste of that. He wants. To, he wants to life force it out. Yeah, I'm. And you know, I'm I'm here for that. Yeah. Yeah. I want I want a weird alien to suck Kirk's dick. Yeah. Do do like the how when um, Patrick Stewart got the blood sucked out of his body. Oh yeah, and it's just like coming all out of his mouth and he's stuff. Like, ah. And he's like this wax figure. <laughs> yeah. God, it's so fucking sick. I need to rewatch that movie. Maybe I'll do that this weekend. Yeah, you should. <laughs> do it with the butt plug in. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, oh, one that one that vibrates every time the naked woman's on scene. <laughs> she's on oh, she's on scene the entire time. <laughs> Cool. Cool. <laughs> Come. Come. Um, Come. So, meanwhile, the swarm craft, hijacked by Spock and McCoy, crash lands on the planet, badly injuring Spock with a piece of shrapnel stuck into his ribs. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back. Spock's poorly injured ribs. Spock's poorly injured ribs. Barbecue sauce. 
So, um, yeah, uh, this forces McCoy to be really pissed off about Spock getting hurt and perform some very hasty surgery while saying a bunch of sarcastic stuff in order to save his life. Spock starts rambling, and Bone says, Cut the horse shit! And uh, Spock says, I fail to see how excrement of any kind would be helpful in this situation. <laughs> Bazinga! Bazinga! Um, wait a second. I do, don't I? Bazinga. Oh. <laughs> Damn, you have that on there. I do. The first time you whipped that one out. That's what he said. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Literally cut, just cut the horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this, this is the point where I realized that the script is far too punched up. Yeah. Yeah, and this is where I wrote my, my, my grand theory about how either they let Doug Young write the script and then told Simon Pegg to add at least two punchlines per scene, or they, like, wrote together, and Simon Pegg was just, like, sitting over in the corner, and Doug's like, hey, um, what would this guy say and make it funny? And, and Pegg's like, eh, mm, if uh, I don't also make my character say can they instead of cannot every single scene <laughs> every scene and also lassie I'm called all the girls lassie for some reason didn't do it in the previous two films really but now every fucking scene and that strangely didn't confuse Kayla it didn't she would yeah I am Kayla <laughs> I know you are lassie Kayla <laughs> yes wait are you talking about Jayla Kalara. Jayla, I mean. Jayla. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, because she's named after J Law. She is. We'll talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, J Law. Yeah, so, um, uh, I don't know. The script, it, it works, but it doesn't. Like, I feel like the dialogue is the mm -hmm. weakest part of this film, which is really is. weird because, like, usually, you know, the writing is, is the dialogue good or not? But mm -hmm. the writing on this film, I would say, is good. Because, like, stage direction's really good. Uh, the acting performances are all really good. And, like, obviously someone wrote this script and storyboarded it with a lot of interesting action in mind that is actually, like, super well executed. Yeah. However, the dialogue sucks. Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny sometimes, but far too often it is grasping at comedy straws. And it's just, like, it keeps on missing over and over. Yeah, they got the, they got the Marvel... They got the Marvel movie like uh, dialogue going. They got that Marvel mind virus. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, it, but it makes sense, you know. They just made like they didn't, weren't making a Star Trek movie. They were just making an action movie with true, Star true. Trek characteristics. <laughs> yeah, which is you know fine. Mm. Yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like uh, I will say, like um, uh, Chris Pine definitely goes throughout this movie. He seems almost he's he's playing a very morose Kirk. He is. And yeah. very contemplative, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, very contemplative. So, but he, so he doesn't have too much, like, just really, like, just, like, charismatic moments that he did in the last two no. films. No, because this is, like, very action-based, and it's very crisis. It's, yeah. like, every moment in this movie is crisis. So there's, the I, levity is there, but it's all in Bones and Scotty cracking mm -hmm. wise. But I feel like it, if, 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 like, you know, charismatic Kirk would have come out anywhere, it would should have been here. 
Like, it should have been this movie, yeah. I felt, was, like, a better vehicle for him being, like, you know. Honestly, honestly like, they should have given, like, half of the Bones lines to Kirk, maybe. Yeah. Because Bones is just, like, cracking wise. And he does. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing that Bones does. But it's, like, every fucking line in this film. And he's just, like, I mean, a catty bitch spilling hot tea all over everybody's lap. He do be. And it's like, yeah, I like that. That's fine. But yeah. it's it's like, give some good lines to some other folks, okay? Give some funny, give some funny to someone else. Yeah. All right? It can't just be the two, the two guys. Give the, give, instead of fucking just making him gay and not giving him, like, any lines, fucking give Sulu some funny lines. Oh, I thought you were going to say Keenzer. Well, I mean... <laughs> They don't show that until later, all right? Yeah, Spoiler yeah. alert, Keenster's a bottom, all right? Keenster sucks dick. Keenster loves getting sloppy <laughs> on that. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, mucus is caustic, so if he's got a cold or something, he's melting that dick. Oh, yeah. He's melting like a candle in his mouth, baby. <laughs> Scotty's like, oh, my God! What? I can't, I can't understand what you've done. Oh, don't worry, they, they have pills they can take. You know, they have pills that they can, that can regrow kidneys. They have pills that can regrow dicks. I mean, I feel like uh, eventually that is what Rhino XL69 that you get from the gas station will oh, become. Yeah. Yeah, it like it'll not only will like, it get, like dick pills will be actual dick pills oh, in the yeah. future. Yeah. Just yeah, just like oh shit, I got my dick ripped off. Right, right. And oh, or, here or, you go. Or for like you know like yeah like uh, a trans dudes stuff mm-hmm. like that. They're like yeah. I don't I don't have a dick, but I want one. Mm-hmm. They can take a pill and that'll just like even it out. So it's just like they're Ken doll down there, mm-hmm. and they take one more pill, big old ding dong, or maybe maybe tiny ding dong, one more pill. Big old ding dong. Because <laughs> some people want a tiny ding dong. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a big dick is it gets in the way. Yeah. It gets in the way of life. Let me tell you, it's true. It hurts other people <laughs> a lot, from what I'm told. But in a good way, Mom, a lot of the time. Dad, from what I'm told. Dog. <laughs> I ain't no J.J. Abrams up in here. All right, I ain't do that J.J. Abrams shit. Nah. That shit's for the freak shit. The freak shit. Yeah. The goat. Did you know that uh, JJ and JJ Abrams stands for Jimmy John's, the sandwich store? <laughs> you know I did that? not. Yeah. All right. Because they allow dogs in there. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like his backside. Damn. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's also got a little bit of cheese on it. <laughs> Cheesy. You know what I'm saying? I know what I'm saying. No, so you you pick it up and put it down. It's some cheese and some dog dick. <laughs> some Velveeta dog dick. Bones explains that Vulcans have uh, their hearts where humans have their livers. Which is interesting. Yeah, which is something I don't think they've ever mentioned before, right? <laughs> Probably not. Like, yeah, I can't think of yeah, but that seems that seems like a very weird place to put your heart. Yeah, which means if like someone punches you in the stomach, it probably cause you a heart attack. <laughs> like, it, it's weird that he doesn't like really have ribs protecting his heart, right? Yeah, it's like he has ribs. So what the is is that mean the liver is where the heart is? Yeah, I mean you know home is where the heart is, but also that. Yeah, it's like why do you think we have rib cages? Is to protect the heart? <laughs> no, it's for the. It's to not protect the liver. Uh, think about it that, yeah, if you yeah. think about it that way, the body makes a lot more sense. Got you, got you, got you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no doctor or anything, but I want to be. <laughs> I'm no doctor, but I play one on porn. Oh, yeah. Just like... Um, what's By myself. Uh, it's just canning. I just wear... I have a lab coat. It's <laughs> really all there is. And a stethoscope, too. Mm. But, I mean, it's kind of... Uh, some things have gotten on it. 
kind of like when you put when you uh, represent yourself in court. It's like when you're on your own lawyer and then you're questioning yourself. It's like, have you ever heard the the song "I'm My Own Grandpa"? Mm. Well, it's like that, but if your grandpa fucks you. Oh, okay. Bones explains that Vulcans have their hearts where humans have their livers and uh, says that explains a thing or two, which is a joke that kind of works. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, He tells Spock an inch to the left and he'd be dead. Was that (laughs) that supposed to be? (laughs) Like mine, mine like goes like half an inch to the right and I'm still Mm. living. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Yeah, It could puncture, puncture, puncture your esophagus or something. True, true, yeah, yeah. Good point. Great point. <laughs> Scientific point, I'd say. Um, so, uh, he asks why aliens would have tried to steal a piece of weapon rejected by the Teenaxians, and Spark tells him not to presume anything, and Bones does the surgery and takes out the piece of metal from Spock, like friends do. Hmm. Then they leave for safer cover, and we too. Oh, say what? We too are going to leave for safer cover. If you want to hear the rest of the episode, subscribe at patreon.com slash dumb idiot BS. That's patreon.com slash dumb idiot BS. And uh, you know what? I think that's about a good uh, place to leave it for now. Hells yeah. That's the end of this episode, motherfuckers. See you next time. Bye-bye. Soy, 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 soy. Got that dog.